The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Line Commentary, episode two. No, episode season two, episode nine. Uh, I am Chris Britton, uh, creator of The Line, writer of The Line. With me is... Em, you can go first. Okay. Hi, this is M. Sierra Garcia, co-writer, actor, and really just a big, big fan. And also... Uh, Joel Rowan. Not good. the creator, not the writer. I direct it. You do. I put all this crap together. Mm-hmm. And, and apparently it sounds good. I don't know. I d- it it's does. all a blur <laughs> of sound. It does. We'll have no false modesty here, thank you. Um, <laughs> marvelous well it's lovely to be back are you all excited about Christmas which is like you know about a week away yes I cannot wait my tree is up the cookies are baked the stockings are hung I am wearing a Santa hat as we speak excellent good good for you I'm very pleased have my Christmas socks on does that count? If you've got Christmas socks on, then I'm impressed. Actually, Christmas decorations started going up around here, so it basically is Christmas. It doesn't matter what date it really is. I'm even wearing my Rudolph Jim Jam pants, which David Alt is familiar with. Not in that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep, you keep telling us that, Em. We believe you. <laughs> it's our secret that he has seen my pajama pants. Gosh. Anyway, here we are, back with the line, and we are still in the far future. Um, And we are listening to M talk over herself. Yes. Again. Again, absolutely. A little bit of a a dark opening going on here. Anita, I I I think we just agreed you were going to play that because we forgot to get anyone to audition for it, didn't we? (laughs) You mean Betty? Take it easy. Uh, I do was mean I Anita? I do mean, you mean Betty. Betty. It's Anna playing Anita. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can see, we're really well prepared today, everyone. Oh, we are, we are spot on. I know. Yes, All my, my sheaf of notes in front of me is, is detailed. I'm looking at this script that I have highlighted, Betty, and I almost agreed with you. Yeah, I was Anita. But then, <laughs> no, so. that was Anna playing Anita, who we will come to. But... Um, but yes, yeah. You, uh, did, did you audition for Betty, or did, did did we just say you play Betty? I can't remember. Um, you wrote me a note going, "Hey, do you mind recording Betty? Because oh. we don't have anyone." Okay, good, excellent. That's how we do things. So I, secrets revealed. Sorry, for I think I did put it out for audition. I just don't think anyone actually auditioned for it. So. No, no, nobody wanted to be a, a an old broad doctor. I told you to go into the cave. No, I know. Who gets, gets oh. randomly shot? Yeah. Oh, just there. I know. Nice falling effect there, by the way, Joel. That was good. Oh, thank you. Thanks for making me sound skinny. <laughs> can, can, can one sound skinny? Yes, because it was a lighter thud than I had expected. <laughs> it was less body yeah, mass. Yeah, but you did crash through a table, so... I know. Take that as you will. Also, we you get you talked over it. I wanted to say I liked your because uh, pretty much all of uh, that one line where you're talking to Joe about him forgetting his thing was like what big improv. You like didn't even read half of the lines of this first <laughs> scene the way they were written. God, and M. so there, one of my favorite lines was, "I am not your mother." I am not your mother. 
Really, M is not reading the lines as written. Is, 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 that, is that something you do Yeah, often? it's funny, too, is this is the script I mostly wrote. <laughs> well, so actually, yeah. <laughs> it's even worse that I don't even... I think I wrote a, chunk, a couple of parts of that. And, I can't believe he'd do yeah. Why would he kill Daddy? I get, I'm just reading up this whole thing. I mean, it's Gil. <laughs> so we've rather culled back the original group that we started with, and we're just left with Alex, Anita, and Joe. Gil's buggered off into the into the forest. Um, obviously, everyone listen to this and listen to the whole episode to know that Gil didn't actually kill Betty. Um, I, I hope the bait and switch kind of works there. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone truly believes that he would have done it, but I just wanted something that would uh, that would throw his presence into disrepute in some way. I did try and put a little sort of clue there. Most people probably wouldn't have picked up on it. I know I wouldn't have, but I did put heavier footsteps, the same kind of very heavy footsteps, I used for Alex. I totally knew that. There's enough people to get. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally did I not bullshit. know that. <laughs> no, neither did I. But that's genius. That's great. That's 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 brilliant. Yeah, but like I said, I doubt anybody really picked up on it because I know I wouldn't have. They'll appreciate it subconsciously. I, oh yeah, I think right. those kind of subtle touches are important, and I love that. <laughs> and just that they're there. And I didn't, although I didn't do that the first time around, Chris made me go back and go, oh, hey, can you fix this little thing here? Because it's kind of pissing me off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I worded it more diplomatically than that. No, probably not. <laughs> well, you did, you did. But that's pretty much the, uh, that, that, that's pretty much the context of it. <laughs> you are, your notes is pretty much just, hey, can you fix this? It's kind of bugging me. This little bit here pissing me off. Take it out! I try really hard, and I'm, I'm sure, like, because it, it's like, obviously, from going from directing it for the first, you know, 15, 16 episodes or so, and then, re and really not, I've really tried to, like, okay, I'm going to step back. It's, you don't think you are, but it's not my job anymore. Don't don't get worried about it. It's not going to be done exactly the way that I would do it, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, so I really do try to um, not be an ass, as it were. You're not an ass. No, no, it's it's okay. I, I don't mind. It's like, oh, okay. It's not sounded right. It's not sounded right. No, it, it 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 tends to only be a couple of things, and I'll, and most of them are semantics anyway. It's like it's just um, uh, but most of the time I'm like it's cool. And to be fair, with this episode, you did a pile of shit which I would never have done, but works. So there you go. Anyway, we are talking and talking and talking and not talking about anything that's going on or indeed the wonderful people are doing it. Anna uh, Rodriguez and Xander here, um, a lovely little scene which I, I, I've, I've been building up to and I, I really wanted it here. And I know when I get, I, I, I asked Anna if she wanted to play the part after her performance as Callie in uh, episode three and four of this season. I was like, oh, do you want to play a slightly bigger role? Like different, and she was like, Yeah, sure, you know. And she was like, Is there any sex scenes for chance? I said, Maybe one, but don't worry, we're going to play it as comedy, he'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I think we get the comedic tone out of it a little yeah. bit. We have the radio clicking on and well, off with mostly for from Joe, yeah, being the squeaky voice teen. Uh, uh, oh, I also have to say. Xander, at the end of his lines, had one of the greatest outtakes 
ever. He references Futurama. Um, uh, Zap Brannigan. Kiff! I have made it with a woman. Confirm the men. Oh my god. We so we should have left that in. If it wasn't for copyright reasons, we should have left that line in. Xander was just he was uh, the voice of Alex was that was, that's a nice voice. Alex, I really in, Hang on. Alex? Was, wait, who played Alex? Not Xander. Xander plays Joe. Not, not sorry, Xander. sorry Xander. No. Um Wait, who is playing Alex? We have to go back to the Alex thing cuz that Alex voice we can't go back. This is a commentary. It works well, in a linear fashion. We're going to talk fashion. about Alex again. He's in another scene. He's coming up. So who Give it! Tell me who it is! <laughs> when we come back to it, we'll talk about Alex and the one He should be starting right now if I'm looking at the script. I did want to say, just because just it was kind of bugging me with just the script, I had to put... I wanted to put in that, that bed squeaky sound to just kind of be like... The bed is bumping into mm-hmm. something, and that's what's turning the radio on and off. Yeah, yeah. Because without that, it just kind of felt like, you know, you know, here's Joe kind of... Oops! Uh-oh. <laughs> Oops! We're recording! You see, I had sort of the idea that he'd, like, clicked it off and sort of dropped it behind them, and it'd, like, either fallen behind a pillow or fallen between the bed and the wall or something, but something that was absolutely clicking it on and off as it was going. See, um, and I had thought that he had just kind of left it, like it was kind of stuck within the sheets and the bed with them, so anytime they moved, like one of them hit it. Okay, see that? I wasn't thinking quite like that, but... Did you see someone you went out earlier? Yeah, but it's, what you did is great. Absolutely, it'll work. Oh, look, work. Alex is talking, Alex is talking, who's Alex? <laughs> Alex is played by Tim Lasseter, there you go, I'll put you out your misery, and yes, he does absolutely do a wonderful performance as this total ass of a man. big, giant, badass motherfucker, I love it! I don't know if you heard that, but I enjoyed the performance. No, so did I, and I do like it as he begins to lose control in this episode, because in in, in, in episode 8, he, he was a dick, but he was sort of in control of being a dick, and in this one, I think, as everything starts to fall apart, his obsession with getting with Joe to the portal and getting them both back, um, back to Joe's time, um, I, I do think that the, the maniacal aspect of his character comes out really well. We go south. I hope those shitbirds currently running <laughs> I just, uh, <coughs> I just love it. It's just such a badass motherfucker. Just look, I'm gonna do what I need to do, and I'm gonna fuck over the people I need to fuck over to get it done. Understood. Yeah. I appreciate. I wanted to sort of like outdo Full Metal Jacket a bit with him, so um. <laughs> I wanted to start calling him Master Chief. <laughs> I started envisioning him in the costume, and I was like, nope, wait, no, can't mix those. Isn't Master Chief a good guy? I've never he played is. Halo. Well, there's bad guys that look like Master Chief, but Master uh, Chief is the good guy. Uh, the uniform is basically the same. Master Chief, pick one. You don't have to be both. I mean, I like you. <laughs> that, if I remember right, that is actually a... Rank. That, rank. that doesn't surprise me, but it is one of those ranks, sort of like you know, I I would be, I've been a chief, I've been a master, I need to be something more. There is nothing more, sir. Well, invent me something, damn it! You could like be lieutenant colonel. Wait, you're wait, no, what now? <laughs> I am lieutenant colonel. So, are you the boss of me or not the boss of me? Shut it. Get me could, coffee. Can't I be a general? No, there's only one general. Well, then I can't just stay as I am. <laughs> 
etc. etc. No, I'm specific. <laughs> Get it? Never no, mind. No, 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 I was there. It was fine. But I'm fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what you get. So, Em, you kept the oh. cast of this quite small. I think originally in my very early drafts there were more characters and you'd really pulled it back. Um, there were 37 characters, yes. <laughs> there were a couple more that characters. That surprised me. But I was... <laughs> That, that I that I'm exaggerating, or that there were a lot of characters. Oh, we can't outrun it forever. There were there were some really good characters, but I the, it was I was kind of nervous about making sure that focus didn't pull away. So <laughs> every once in a while, I, I think I left Chris like a haytel or a text like can can I kill this person off? Do we need this person? How much do we really need to hear from this person? So you were very kind in letting me. <laughs> I think no, no, I no. took out, like, it's, about four or five people. But it's good, because I think it really did bring the focus down to Joe and Anita, who have this lovely little relationship. And it's the first time we've seen Joe have anything more than a platonic friendship with anybody. Um, right. Even if it is sort of this doomed future, ah, she can't even come back with him, even if she does survive, etc. Um, although originally I think she did survive, didn't she? And then they got to the temples, and she kind of left him there. Um, but I thought as the world was blowing up anyway... Um, mm. it, it, it would be more impacting if the final humans, these last people, all slowly, so her, Alex, Gill, everyone slowly dies as they get closer and closer to this temple until there is just Joe left. Yep. This is, this is quite creepy. Wrong. <laughs> Once again, excellent choice of gunfire there, Joe. Thank you. Um, and yeah, the the death of Gil, which is which is kind of sad, and, and it's because it's Dave, and I know Dave. So it's like, I don't want I Dave know. to die. <laughs> I know. Fighting, fighting, fighting. Fighting, fighting, grapples a gun, yeah. So it is. So it's all. So it is all a bit grim, and I. I think we toyed with the idea of like maybe the Earth was going to be okay after this, and we toyed with the idea that there might be humans elsewhere. But I think it was more like the the whole attitude that within five years of where we are, pro- approximately five years, everything has ended. Sorry, I'm listening. <laughs> no, I know. I can tell you both are. You need to converse. It's okay. No, I. I have nothing to say. I'm trying to think of something to say. I can't think of anything. So it's like, oh, man, good. Five years, that kind of sucks. I know. I know, it does. Well, let's hope Joe can do something when he gets back to the present. Back to the present. That, that's a shit title of the film. Nice. Um, although it sort of makes a bit more sense with in terms of, like, the second film. Um, anyway. Uh, yes, what are we talking about? And so we're left with Joe and Alex, which I, oh, I don't know. I felt I, f- I felt a little bad about that. I felt like we we'd killed off some of the characters too quickly, um, and it would have been nice to see a few of them. But of course, you know, it doesn't take long until they actually get to the temple, and then we do get the scene with Joe and Alex, which again I think got grimmer as we went through rewrites. If I'm remembering rightly, Em. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We this had <laughs> a couple different endings, but I think a couple. The, the, it was the path of getting to the to the temple that we had kind of 
we really kind of went back and forth on because there were there were so many options and we didn't want to go cliche and but we needed to we needed a certain we needed a certain story told and it was good that we went through it. And you've done such a good job at the research, like you know the, the geography and the terrain and everything, and all the names of the places they were going. Through. I think I sent you a map of the temple. You you may, you may have sent me a map of the temple. And I I think I made a point out, you know, okay, in the antechamber, this is, and then you have it's 17 levels. I I was really I wanted this to be. I I so for some reason I had I'd seen something on Nat Geo. And about the Mexican pyramids, and and it just it clicked for me. So I, I just did. I wanted to do it justice, and I didn't want it to come out too. I didn't want to make up stuff. No, I wanted I wanted the true the true history, and I don't want to call it mythology because for some people it's a religion, and I don't like insulting people by calling their religions mythologies. So they're that's all right. I don't mind. <laughs> So there be- there's a lot of belief structure behind it. So I wanted to keep it as close as possible, as well as I could do for only studying it for like a couple of weeks. Well, don't worry. It's the most fact- factually accurate thing we've had in the entire show so far. So, uh, <laughs> well, well done. Thank you very much. for OCD. Uh, and we have Tobias Queen here as the angel, and you, I think you reduced the mod on the angel's voice here a bit, Joel, to make him sound a bit more um, present. I did? I think so. I seem to remember, like, in, in episode 8, there's more of a mod, but it, that's when they're much further away and they're sort of shouting. The... Oh, yeah, no, I... I actually just... It's the same mod on the voice, but when they were further away, I put a... Like, a, a distant voice filter on it. Yeah. And so, now that it's here, I should also say, there's these um, sound effects as he's trying to chase uh, Joe. It's supposed to be him, like, grabbing and missing Joe, and, like, hitting the ground around him. I get that. It's something that I only, like, really thought of just visually and for myself for some reason. Yeah. What you've been up to. There's so much of that, and it's so hard to do any action that isn't hand, hand-to-hand combat or shooting. Anything else, sort of chasing. Chasing you can kind of do, but like grabbing stuff, it's really, it's really fucking difficult to do an audio. Um, so I think considering perhaps this was written without the troubles of direction in, uh, in, in the front of our minds that we're writing, because I think we just wanted the, the action and the set piece and, you know, worry about that later. Um, I think you've done an awesome job, dude. Yeah, the little the sound the fighting fight that they had just now was really it's really clean. I can't wait for people to actually hear it in like the full quality because it's freaking like you can hear jaws cracking. You really yeah you really can. There's lots of layers of the sound. And just to talk about Xander here, I mean Joe has has had to be almost a bit of a one note character because obviously the stories have revolved a lot around Steph. Um, and what's been going on with her, and and I think this really does bring Xander's acting ability and the character of Joe right to the fore, and we really do get to see a fully nuanced, uh, layered character. And and I I hope I hope that you see a real change in him from how he was prior to being sent to the future and how he was after. And once you punish Joe. 
the, the couple lines before this when Alex says, come, come too far, do you hear me, you little fuck? That whole bit right there, it, 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 like, I got goose, the hair on my arms went up when he was like, I can't exist in this hell anymore, you hear me? Yeah, Just yeah. amazing. And, and Xander has really taken, he's really, Joe's grown a lot. He's, he's really become a man. He's had to in all of this. And he's still quirky Joe, but I think as things go with him, he's just, he's going to stand up for himself more. He's going to be much more, you know, look, this is how things should go. Yeah, I'm so absolutely. proud of him. Once he's recovered from this right. psychological torture. <laughs> right. And now we enter into the scene, which I, I must admit I found it very hard to, to visualize. Not that you can visualize audio drama, but audio eyes, um, how it was going to sound. I, I, I knew sort of like a vague idea. Um, Joel, I don't know what the fuck you you did with um, Tanya's voice to get that really slow Yosef in the wind, but it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's fucking awesome, dude. It's exactly how I had pictured it in my as as I was writing it. It was exactly what was in my head, and I heard it. I was like, oh, I want to kiss you, Joel. I do want to kiss you. It was wonderful. It's exactly. Thank you. Exactly. And then we we went back and forward, and because obviously this is a continuation of well, a continuation of the dream that Joe has at the end of uh, at the end of episode eight where he kind mm-hmm. of sees a bit of this. And we went back and forth. Does she, does she just speak in Latin? We talked yeah. at one point. Anyway, I know you were very keen on the idea of having Latin and the English whispered underneath, which I think we talked about a bit last month. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. But I was like, let's not patronise the listeners. You know, it should be in Latin. And if they can figure it out, good on them. And if they can't, well, they're not going to miss anything. They just might be a little bit extra to gain if they can get through the Latin. But I think we both agreed... As the scene went on, she, at some point she's got to speak fucking English. I don't understand. Right. Um, right. Otherwise, it can't be a conversation. Um, and for the eagle-eared, I'm really mixing my metaphors today. For the eagle-eared listeners, um, who has good hearing in the animal kingdom? Uh, bats. Bats. For the bat-eared listeners, um, you may be able to hear counting in the background, counting in Latin. And I'm not going to tell you or even hint what it means, but if you can hear it and translate it and write it down, it may mean something, it may not. That's all I'm saying. I don't have anything yet. I don't have enough information to take eagle ears. The eagle ears. Bat ears. Bat ears. Yeah, they have good ears. As eyes are to eagles, ears are to... Exactly. See, I could pass my SATs. <laughs> I'm really glad that we kept in the Latin, though, because it was, it felt, it is one of the truest, most original languages, even though nobody speaks it, not even in Latin America, I mean, really, and, get it, never mind, um, and there was no way I could figure out how to teach anybody, um, oh, I can't remember the language, the language of the Jews from, Aramaic, Aramaic, because I wanted it to be a very true, old language but in most of the religions it seems to be latin so i kind of stuck with that well yeah exactly and i, I, and I loved it i love the way latin out. yeah who and who's around to really i mean who really knows how latin's supposed to be pronounced anyway but it just felt so it, it i love the sound of it yeah no it just definitely adds to the creepiness 
But we move into yeah, the English section here. I think T- Tanya really aged her voice for this bit, which is great, because she's supposed mm-hmm. to be, like, in her 80s or 90s, physically, by this point. Um, and, and she does a great job of, about that, and I love, like, this, the little play back and forth. Like, there's little bits of step in there, but mostly this is a character we don't recognise at all from how she is in 2010. Mm. And lots and lots and lots of hints of what's to come. What knowledge? Yes, I was trying to say, we're talking over the arc words here. We are talking over This is the part you need to pay attention to, kids. (laughs) People shouldn't be listening to us and the show at the same time. They should listen to the show and then us, because we're just, we're the icing on the cake. Absolutely. It's really good cake. (laughs) So go listen to the cake and then come back for the icing. Come on. Oh, God. The angel screaming. Okay, I don't know if anybody can hear this, but um, I, I tried to find like alien, creepy sounds, and so the sound effect I ended up finding, it's like whale song, man, put through a flange <laughs> filter. Brilliant. Love it. Awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, I, no, it sounded I, great. I, couldn't stop giggling every time I heard it, <laughs> including underneath the uh, that scene. Were you, were you were you envisioning a Klingon bird of prey in the sea while Spock jumps into the water and they swim around <laughs> with whales for a bit? Yes. And now, hopefully, everybody else is as well. I hope so. Hooray. You know, if you watch that scene, you very clearly see Leonard Nimoy laughing his ass off as Spock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doesn't really fit in uh, with the uh, normal countenance of Vulcans, but hey, he's just been reborn, so who cares? Bless him. He is half human. <laughs> and now onto this scene. Originally, we had him get back, and we had a whole scene with uh, like him in a room with everybody, and they just listened to all the tapes that he brought back with him. Right. Um, and I think we kept that almost very up to the last draft. And I can't. I, th- I can't remember. I think we did it together, actually. Um, I think we just said, no, fuck everyone else, let's just have it be Lance. Yeah, it, I think it, it was best, it just, Lance is his, you know, is, is his sidekick, is his wingman. It should have been, it, I'm glad we kept it to just Lance. Yeah, no, me, no, me too, absolutely. Good old Lancey pants. I think it was lovely, it was nice again to give Chris Hackney um, a, a slightly kind of serious part, you know, a bit of banter with his best friend, now he's back. And then we have David Alt turn up as Gil Fane. Yes, everybody. David McYummy Pants Alt. It's been a big twist all the way through that the Gil, the crazy person in the future, was actually the Fane. That's all he's been talking about all this time. (gasps) Is everybody shocked? I don't know. Does anybody care? (laughs) Probably. Um, But yeah, it's great, which means that Gil is still going to be... In the show, which is good. Hooray! Yeah, I didn't think we'd bring David Altman for just two episodes. Um, and then this last scene again, I think I think we'd... You know, we'd oh, sort of... this is the one you kind of pushed me for, because you wanted me to add music to it, because my original cut of this scene was... had no music at all, and ended after he hangs up the phone. Just to kind of bring it around, it begins with a click, it ends with a click. Yes. But you're like, eh, put in music. Uh, 
I felt the you need. Know, to something from Kevin McLeod or uh, the one guy. Oh God. Kai Hartwig, Josh Woodward. The guy we're always getting music from. Jonathan Woodward, yes. Josh Woodward, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Woodward, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, dude, put it in, because <laughs> that's part of the show, damn it. And I'm like, you know. I, am, I understand what you're saying. And it, it, I, does, it does make it a bit better, I'm not going to deny that. It's just like, <laughs> I liked my idea, man. I don't know if it's necessarily better or worse. I think it, it, it differentiates between all the stuff in the future and the stuff set in the present. Right. Because in the it's future, really we, ver- we very purposefully didn't use any music with the exception of the dream sequence at the end of episode 8 um, because I felt as well it's a dream sequence so we can do what the fuck we like with it but um, <laughs> but with the exception of that we've, we've stayed away with music because it's all we're supposed to be listening to his recording um, and so I want this and also it's such a little I don't know it felt like a little emotional sad scene it's such a it's such a departure from the character of Joe that we've seen in the past and I felt there just needs to be something that uh uh, manipulated the audience's feelings somewhat. It, it it lends to it because it does lend to it because he's you know he wants to hear Anita's voice again and it's Anita's voice but it's you know really not the Anita he knows. It's twelve year old. So he's yeah he's sad. So I think it it lent to it beautifully. Um, and I love that little moment because I think when we were the first draft of this they were actually having a chit chat and I thought you know in. What kills me if if I haven't heard somebody's voice in a long time and I and it's someone I miss and I hear that voice, I've I've been speechless before where I just can't you know you call up an old boyfriend and you hear the voice and you just you just hang up because you you don't you're speechless so it just came out so perfect and with the music and the timing yay basically I'm saying we are awesome by the way. I forgot to mention this because I wanted to. Uh, Chris, um, Anna has a, uh, a message for you. She says, at, at the end of her lines at the, for the sex scene, she says, Chris, if I ever meet you, I am going to hug you, then I'm going to hit you. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. I didn't do that. The, I need the sex Anna, it, was all, it was all Chris. It was all Chris. It was all Chris. I made the scene shorter. <laughs> And then, and then somehow then it, it got longer. longer. Yeah, because it's important. Because it's humans being humans together, no matter how bad things get, people still come together and relate and enjoy right. and experience life together. That's why. Actually, my real problem with the se- with the sex scenes is just how far do I take it? How far, you know? Where's the point where it goes from just being, you know? Uh, normal sex scene, and at what point does it just become pornographic? I'm fine with it becoming and I'm pornographic. Like, I really don't want it to become that pornographic, but <laughs> well, it's early. Okay. It's early days, Joel. So don't worry. Well, um, we've got Chris plenty. Of- I'm just saying. I'm... Because huh? I'm a, I'm a. I know Chris and I have talked about this at length. That it's important that it be. I don't like gratuitous. I don't like gratuitous bullshit. I don't like gratuitous anything. You know, just something for the sake of doing it. I think if it's if it lends, if it's important to the character development, if it's important to the story, you know, then put it in. But if it's something just like, hey, let's see how disgusting we can get, then then I have an issue with that. But I I, I like that we go to that human place 
there are times where, you know, I have my little quirks about how human it gets. But I think I think there's a good balance in our shows. I think we do, a, you know, between Chris and I and the conversation, and we're, we're, we have different points of view on it, but we can, we, for the, I think we both, he's, he's got such a, a, a grounding of knowing exactly everything about these characters, and then he kind of lets me in there, and so we can talk about it and get it through. I, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll ever hit the porno, because it is about, it is about, you know, is it part of the story? Is it necessary? You know, does it really give us the information we need to we need to have, or is it just, hey, let's put on a fuck fest because we can? Which I'm not really well, a fan I, of. I'm just, I'm just saying, with like the scene itself, mm-hmm. at what point does the the at what point does it stop being a sex scene in a show, and what point does it start to feel like Porn. I'm making it pornographic? Like it's just. I think a lot of it that, comes that's down something to personal that's, taste. That kind of, huh? I think a lot of it comes down to personal taste for the listener. Mm-hmm. You know, All some right. people are going to listen to that I'm and then they go, "That's totally it's... fucking unnecessary." Could have faded to black before anything happened. You know, could have literally had the kiss, the the line dialogue, and then just fade to black and cut it out and move on. We did talk about doing that actually with that scene. Um, right. But I just, I don't know. I I think I think it's important. I think I think if you if you're constantly cutting and fading to no, black. That... Um, you are in a position where you're not sort of reflecting, re- you're 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 reflecting a stylized version of life, which is fine. I mean, Christ, right. all all media and art represents a stylized version of life. Nothing represents absolute reality. But it's for me personally, it's something that I I think is just important to have in there. Um, occasionally, oh, no, no, I agree I'm with not... that. I agree with everything M says. I mean, I I do speak flippantly. <laughs> A lot of the time, as you know, um, um, I, uh, w- you know, I, th- I think there's boundaries that need to be pushed, and I think there are things I that I would like to do in the future that we haven't done yet. Uh, along those lines, there's things on the on other lines as well um, uh, that I would like to explore um, as as the show goes along. But no, no doubt between us, we will temper it and expand it as we see fit, and. Um, Hopefully, what comes out is not going to revile every person that tunes in. Um, no, no, I was just saying, exactly. me as a director, it was, you know. No, I know. I think I know your what taste. You mean. Yeah, I think your taste level is spot on, because it does. Okay, it's good. your. I mean, it's the three of us putting our spin on this and and our feelings, and I, I think I think you delivered it very well. So I wouldn't second guess your. I wouldn't second guess it. You don't. I think you don't want to go your on. Instinct is good. Yeah, you don't want it to go on and on and on. And people think, "Fuck me!" Will they just like get it over with? Somebody come already. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Are you so, done yet? Should yeah. I get a book? Um, so I no, I get that. I th- I think you do need to push the story forward. Um, but you did. It's fine. It's good. And Anna and really Anna and um, and Zanna both did a marvelous job at it. So I really do appreciate yeah. their work on that because I know it's not always the most comfortable thing to do. And 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 you know, you've got to empty people out the house or whatever because I can't fucking record sexy noises in front of anyone else because it's just too fucking humiliating. Um, so <laughs> I, I am very, huh. I, I am always impressed when anyone does it with a level of. Um, of, of conviction. Frivolity? <laughs> conviction and frivolity. Let's go with frivolity. That's a great word. Um, 
Cool. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. Um, is there Yay! anything anyone else would like to add, Em? Um, no. No, good. And Joel? I got inspiration for the angel's entrance from Iron Man. Excellent. Sweet. Woo. <laughs> the fire, the, woo-woo? the, 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 the so, something I wanted to explain. Hopefully, maybe somebody will still be interested in. Because you guys were talking, in, and that that's cool, and I didn't want to interrupt, but there was something. What the sound effect was supposed to be is if it kind of like swooping in suddenly, and then like flapping its wings to slow down, and then like dropping about 40 feet to the ground. That's what the um, uh, the big, the wing flap, and then the That's good, because that's what I saw in my head, so oh, the, well, yeah. the audio does that. Yes, it does. Okay, good. Well done. You're a genius. <laughs> All right, I'm genius. done. Marvellous. Well, we'll be back in the new year, 2012, January the something or other. Sorry, I haven't looked it up. Um, but, you know, it, it, it'll be on the end of the episode. You'll know. Um, so do come back and join us for, the, for our next two, the beginning of our next two-parter called Historia. Um, I will give you three guesses to guess if it is set in the past, present, or future. If you need all three guesses, then I'm worried about you. So, have <laughs> fun. Um, have a lovely Christmas. A lovely no... new year. <laughs> if the Mayans have got it right, we are entering the final year of human civilization on Earth. So, uh, hey! we better make the fucking most of it. Um, take care, everyone, and goodbye. Bye. See you guys next Later, month. Folks. Or, like, in five minutes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.